Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I know, I know I'm on sabbatical, but um, I don't know if anybody else noticed or saw this, but um, maybe it happened while you were in here, but I was somewhere else and came here a bit late, but in the car park, there's a tree in the corner and the branch has fallen down, big branch, and like, cracked right off and come down. And thankfully, I just double-checked Sean, who lives there. It's not, it landed right by his van, but it's not damaged the van. And uh, I don't know whether it was the storm. I don't know what it was. But something came, and whether it was the wind or lightning, or I don't know. But something's come and like, broke that branch right off. And um, I was praying into it while I was listening to SJ's word there. And I just feel... Um, I was like, Lord, what's gone on with that tree? And uh, it seems... You know, it's awful. You look at it, it looks a mess. And uh, and I just felt the Lord say, I was just done with that branch. It was like, that was it. It was like, don't go mourning over that. I was just done with that branch. And I think sometimes we're hanging on to something. Obviously, there's things we mourn, uh, right to mourn over. but, But it's like, you know, it takes away, it says even the good stuff. Um in order that we may bear more fruit. And, and Lord, I just, in our churches sometimes, you separate something off, you take something away, and it's painful when it happens. Um, but Lord, we just want to say to you, you are the gardener, you're the one who, who makes things grow. The Bible says you're the one who, who builds everything, you're the builder of everything, you're the maker of everything. So just to kind of come in on the back of the, the word that we've already had, uh, which we receive from you with gratitude, Lord, and we pray that you continue to give us discernment to, to see how that applies. Lord, uh, we also give you the permission as if it were needed for you to come and, um, painful as it sounds, sometimes as it already is, Lord, if there's something that, you're done with um, help us to have the grace to be say I'm done with that too so that whatever you want the shape that you want it to be um, it will be thank you Lord thank you Jesus yeah, I, just, I, didn't, I couldn't let it pass I just thought I don't know how long that tree's been there but that's not happened before and it just happened tonight and it seems significant so not our will but his be done looks like some things dying for the new to come and that's actually the theme, if you will, for tonight, but the Lord gave me Isaiah 6 this morning, and Anthony, I think this is part of what you are feeling with the tree. The Lord woke me with Isaiah 6, so you'll know it well, it's when, uh, it's when I, do you mind if I'm barefoot, is that putting people off? Do people have things about feet, is that okay? Anybody, put a hand up if you want my shoes on. Zoe. 
No, that's not true. Uh, you'll know Isaiah 6. It's when the prophet Isaiah starts with, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe fills the temple. And then he's convicted by the Kadosh, the holiness of God. And he's suddenly aware of how unclean he is. And he knows that he's lost. And he knows that the people he's with are lost. But then God has mercy, sends a seraphim, burns his mouth with a coal. And then he hears the conversation in heaven, who will go for us? All of a sudden, he realizes, here I am, send me. And we know that really well, don't we? But then I don't know that I remember this part so well. The Lord's word. It's quite a hard one. He says, go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding. Be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the hearts of this people calloused Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, Lord? Because it must have been a terrible thing to hear. And the Lord said, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant and until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. Then there's some hope, praise the Lord. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. Not hope. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. And then we have Job 14.7 that is really good news. At least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and its new shoots will not fail. At the scent of water, it will spring up, it will shoot up. Those who have ears hear the word of the Lord. There is a deconstruction, if you hadn't noticed, of what church looks like. There is something that God is saying to us personally and to us corporately. That's dead, let it fall to the ground. That's dead, I'm cutting it down. It is a stump, it has no life in it. Follow me. It's good news but it's hard news. And so I think, I understand why the Lord gave me this word to share with you before I got the prophetic word that I just delivered because the Lord's calling you this pioneering church. And even as I saw the angels scattering the seed of his word in the midst of you, it makes more sense to me. Because the Lord desires you individually and corporately together to be good soil so that his word over you is the body of Christ here in this city and in this house, personally, together, to be fertile soil so that these seed words of the Lord can be established and grow because that which had grown 
is now dead. It's dead, it's dead. And there's a sign. That's not saying this church is dead. That isn't saying that the church is dead because we're alive and we're alive in Christ. It's just saying the form, if you will, the wineskin of the original is now done. A lot we could say on that, but Anthony will explain it when he's back from Spatacon. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's going to give him a big download and it'll all be fine. The Lord still calls us to be the church. He still calls us to gather as the church. He still calls us to be the family of God together. He still calls us to be the ecclesia, the ruling body of his government on the earth. But he's doing it in a new way, in a fresh way. And he's saying that thing that we've been doing is now done. That's not it. It's something new. Forget the former things. It's a new thing. He's not just saying that to Manchester church. He's saying it to all churches everywhere, certainly in the west of the globe we've got it a little bit wrong sometimes and a little bit right but he's now calling time so if we're going to be good soil where do we look for that uh, mark four turn to me with mark four actually and actually Catherine, can i ask you to to read that for us with a, you've got a mic next to you can you just let's follow along it's the parable of the sower and when jesus is explaining the four types of soil mark four one to 29. Thank you. May we be those who want to be good soil. Amen. We don't want to be the ones who are the shallow, the rocky, those where the word of God gets choked up because we're being deceived by wealth or any other thing. We want to be good soil for the word of God in our lives, do we not? I mean, I don't know about you, but for a long time I'm saying, Lord, I, I, I don't know if it's precocious of me to ask but I'd really like a hundredfold harvest from my life from the word that you've put in me you know 30 would be great 60 would be great but actually really oh god I'm going for the century and it's it's okay to reach for something by faith isn't it because we know from Hebrews 11 by faith the faith is accredited to us even though we might not always get it right so if the Lord is saying to you here, break new ground, it's hard ground here. We know that this soil needs to be better fertilized, better broken up, because that was the word of the Lord. And when I say here, I mean generally in this city. When you break new ground in your garden, who's a gardener? <laughs> okay, fear you. Or break it up as a builder to build a new structure and put your foundations in. The type of soil under your feet is crucial to the success, is it not, of your planting and or your building. And as Jesus' parable in Matthew 4 tells us, the kind of soil it holds within it, it makes up, if you will, its makeup is how the seed will grow. Same in building. How difficult or hard it is to construct something that will hold and his parable tells us that we are soil so that he, the sower, wishes to have that multiple harvest from us. So, random thought. Have you ever thought about the best tasting butter? Back to food again. Or chocolate, not orange chocolate. Or wine. Or even oranges or tomatoes. And have you ever considered... what kind of soil it comes from. 
Personally, I like a bit of Swiss chocolate. And it's a treat I enjoy on occasion. And I've got friends that live in Switzerland, so I'm very privileged to be able to go there now and again. The cows who produce that milk that make Swiss chocolate some of the best in the world get to have a summer holiday on the slopes of beautiful Alps. It's like lush, green, verdant, flower-filled, wonderful grass, and they get to eat it for months. They produce fabulous milk, and they create amazing chocolate with that milk. That verdant Swiss grass, which produces the milk, relies on the rich soil to grow in, yeah? Hidden half the year under the snow, saturated in showers and sunshine during spring and summer, it is truly a beauty to behold. I recommend Switzerland wholeheartedly. Similarly, the best wines rely on excellent soil. Undergirded with rock, a position on the hillside with nutrient-rich soil allows the vines to reach through the loose earth to fix its roots onto the rock to hold it fast. So what makes your grape, your orange, your tomato, your peach or nectarine taste either dry cardboard that's tasteless or though you've gone to like a sweet heavenly memory food encounter, the French call that soil terroir. Any French speakers in the building? Good. Terroir. T-E-R-R-O-I-R. Terroir. Terroir describes the soil. It describes the taste that comes from the soil and from the food and the wine that was grown in the soil. And it also talks about the place. So it's about the land expressing the place, its topography, its climate, and some say even the culture of a region. And it's generally used to explain the difference in flavor from the place and soil. You stay with me, this is, does kind of all link in. Usually in a fermented product such as cheese or olive oil or wine, it can be used for all sorts of things like chocolate as well. And scientific research shows that healthy, biodiverse soil creates flavorful, interesting wines and other food, revealing a stunning terroir. The character of regional geology is as important as the soil itself. So in Bordeaux, for example, if anybody's tried Bordeaux, some of you perhaps don't drink alcohol, that's totally fine, no judgment here. Um, in Bordeaux, for example, you didn't get that, did you? In Bordeaux, for example, the openness or porosity of the soil allows the vine and the roots to reach through and grow easily, connecting with that rock beneath. Interesting analogy. The limestone rock that undergirds that entire region is 30 million years old, and the roots cling to it and strengthen the vine. It's pretty cool, isn't it? And when finally ready to drink, the sommeliers say you can taste the limestone in the wine and it gives that limestone terroir. You can tell I've studied some things about soil. I happened upon a podcast. It was a Holy Spirit thing. There's lots of podcasts about soil. Who knew? Knock yourself out. Microbiologist Ann Bickle in the USA, no relation to Mike at IHOP, when farmers pay attention to the health of our soil that filters through our, to our food and us, it's what makes us 
bite into a peach that is juicy and delicious or never want to eat that woody, dry flavor again. It's all about the soil. So, if you're struggling with the leap, why is it relevant for Mark 4? So if we apply that terroir principle to our soil of our lives, then it's not just our character that counts, the where we live matters with who we live and the culture we're in matters as much as who we are. Our life story, our character, and even that where we live, as I said, is really, really important. And I don't know about you, but I have been praying, God, make me good, rich, fertile soil so that the Lord can plant his seed word and have that harvest, as we were saying. But now here's the rub. For you gardeners out there, you'll be way ahead of me, I am sure. For good, biodiverse soil, which is healthy and organic, we need lots of something that in our personal context and analogy here can be a difficult process. Good soil needs death to make it rich. Carbon from organic matter dug into poor soil aerates it, adds moisture, diversity to bring over time rich planting earth. So our compost, our rotting plant and vegetable matter, eggshells, dead coffee grounds, etc., create fertility in the soil. Cow manure is also another alternative for good soil, lots of it. Let's not go too far with that analogy. Healthy soil has more billions of microbes in one teaspoon than there are people on the planet. So much life from death is really, really incredible. And when you think about even how God made us, he took us from the earth, yeah? It's worth study. For those that are interested, I got quite excited about all of this stuff, as you can tell. But this isn't a science lesson. This is a, a faith lesson. Because if we follow this through for us to be good soil for the seed word of God to grow in, we have to be willing to die like that tree branch. We have to be dead to sin, yes, but also our flesh, our desires that don't line up with the Lord's um, need to die. Not my will, but yours be done, God. Dark, fertile earth has lots of dead matter in it to make it so. And our character needs to sustain the words that are grown in the soil of our lives. And I believe the Lord is saying to us all as the church at this time, allow yourself to die again so that you can be fruitful and fertile.